1: listeners and welcome to episode 28 of the From the Finny podcast. We're back to normal this week, I am still at my mum and dad's and I'm going to be having a lot more work done over the next few weeks but I'm going to try and keep the pods as normal as possible so yeah the voice of reason is back with us this week and we're also joined by Sam Whedon for the first time in a while. We'll be discussing the last two games, our playoff chances, Ryan Lowe's time at the club so far and a few other bits and bobs as well so enjoy! Brownie, good to have you back. Are you uh are you hungover today, mate, or are you feeling fresh as a daisy?
0: Not too bad, yeah. I got back at a reasonable time and uh got to watch match of the day and get in bed at a reasonable time, so yeah. Pretty feel, feeling alright today, yeah.
1: Good. Sam, good to have you back on, mate. Are you
2: good? Yeah, good, thank you, mate. I appreciate you inviting me back.
1: No, any time. Any time. It's um It's been a funny few weeks, hasn't it, Adam, trying to sort of get Jimmy and uh, George and Solly and Ollie on the odd occasion, try and get them, them lined up on a Sunday morning. and Yeah, Solly's, uh, he'll be listening to this, and he's probably at the time of saying this, still fast asleep in bed with <laughs> chicken and sweet corn pizza to look forward to. <laughs> yeah. Definitely. <laughs> um, yeah, before we crack on, as I say at the start of every episode, uh, you can support From the Finny with a donation. Just head over to supporter.acast.com forward slash From the Finney. Um, if you're listening on an Apple device, specifically on Apple Podcasts, you can leave us a review in the Apple Podcast app, and Spotify has a new feature if you're listening on your phone on Spotify, uh, you can leave us a rating on there too, it's like a star rating, I don't actually know what it means or if it does anything, but yeah, I appreciate if you could do that as well. Um, boys, we'll get straight into it, we'll we'll start obviously with the Huddersfield game, And think if we're, if we're being honest, it was a bit of a drab affair, wasn't it?
0: Yeah, it was just one of those nights. It was really frustrating. I didn't think we played particularly bad, but just little things didn't drop for us. Um, And yeah, it was just one of those games where in the end, if you come out of it with a point and then follow it up with a win like we did yesterday, you probably look back at it and think it's a decent point in the end.
2: I agree with Adam on that one, really. I mean, you're looking at going into the week, you've got a Huddersfield team who, I think, were they unbeaten in 11 going into it or something like that? I know they're on a... A decent run of form, and then you're going away to Peterborough Brewery scrapping for the live. So, if you'd offered us, you know, four points going into this week, I think the majority of us would have, uh, you know, snapped your hands off at that offer. So, you know, I'm more than happy with how this week's gone, really.
1: Wouldn't have been a surprise if it had been the other way around, if we'd have beaten Huddersfield and drawn at posh. But obviously, it's, it's happened the way that I suspect most would have anticipated picking up four points from these games. The the Huddersfield game, do you think we did enough to win it? I know, Adam, you said you didn't think we played too badly, and I agree, I don't think we were that bad, but do you think we did enough to win it in the end?
0: I think the Evans chance was a big chance. Um, Got to be looking to score that, really. I think he should have hit it low. He hit it a bit too high, didn't he? Perfect for the keeper. Yeah. Um, And then the second half, it was more half chance. I suppose the Reese chance at the end was a a big one, but he kind of stabs it and he's getting pulled all over the place in he as well. So it was not as easy as I first thought it would be. Um, And then the rest of the chances were just scrappy, really. And Archer had a few half chances where, I think Lowe touched on it yesterday, actually. We were saying he thinks he was trying a little bit too hard. Um, So, yeah, I, I think if there was any team that probably deserved to win it, it was us. But I don't think we didn't exactly blow them away one of those games where you come off and think how did we not win that it was a bit of a weird one really
2: Yeah, it's a, treat. a lot of people talk about the penalty towards the end as well or like the penalty shout but I mean I've watched it I'm not sure about what you two think but I tweeted at the time I've watched it you know five or six times from multiple angles and I still can't make my mind up so I'm not sure we can be too aggrieved that a referee sees it once at full speed and isn't sure enough to give it like I'd have said it probably was the scrappy affair Maybe shaded it, but, you know, I think the draw was a fair result. Had we lost it, we would have been gutted, and I'm sure Huddersfield would have felt very similar with, you know, the type of chances we created. There was very minimal Stonewall after the Ched Evans one in the first half.
1: I didn't... I mean, I think there is contact there, but I think it's, it's, it's one of them that I think... I don't know if you said it in the group, Adam. I don't think VAR would have given it.
0: Well, I think we, I think there's so many different angles of it. And one of the angles, it looks like a definite penalty. And the other ones, it looks like he slips. Um, I think if that was given against us, I wouldn't be too happy about it. And I think if you look at it that way, you kind of, you take your pressing specs off and go, yeah, maybe if that was given against us, I wouldn't be happy. So, yeah, it was a, it was a tough one. Um, Rowe came out and said it was definitely a penalty. I mean, I suppose he's going to say that, but... Yeah, I've watched it a few times now and I'm still not 100% convinced.
2: From a referee's perspective, though, he's got to be 100% certain to give it. And like we say, if we're all saying off from multiple angles, you know, slow motion, having, you know, had time to review it and stuff. And if we're not still certain, it's a, it's a horrifically tight call for him to give on the moment, isn't it? So he's probably, you have know, got to back the referee with that one.
1: I think the fact that we're having this discussion, however many days after the game, and we're still not 100% certain that it was or wasn't a penalty, says everything you need to know. Uh, And it did look a little bit like the ref was looking to the linesman to maybe make the decision for him, Um, which I think probably tells you where he was at with it. Well, I obviously wasn't sure because he didn't give it.
0: Yeah, I think it's so late in the game as well. It's a big call that... um, Yeah, it's just like you say. You've got to to still talking about it now. We can't make a decision. (laughs) The ref can't in those... Split seconds,
1: I Think you know, looking at Huddersfield heading into that game as well. I think at the time, I think the twelve unbeaten now, ten unbeaten at the time, and a lot, like pretty much split fifty-fifty with draws and draws and wins. Five wins, five defe- uh, five draws. Sorry, before that game, so you know there were no no pushovers. But I think as the game went on, it looked more and more like they were just happy to sort of sit in. Take the point and and sort of get out of there, kind of thing.
2: I think it says a lot about where we're at as a club compared to what we were two or three months ago before Lowe came in. I know, so we'll mention it later, but uh, you know, under McAvoy towards the end of that tenure, you know, to say walk, we'd be walking out of deepdale disappointed that we've not taken three points against a team on a run like that, that uh, you know, was at fifth place at the time? It says a lot about where we're going as a football club, and I think we can take a lot of pride in that. You know, the game wasn't perhaps as good as we could have played like we've said but you know, we've, you know we're not getting beaten by these teams and we're staying in the game and I think we're only going to improve under Ryan Lowe because he's only played I think 11 league games with us now so you know, I think where we could be at after 30, 40 league games going into next season
0: Yeah I think, and, and it's another clean sheet isn't it and we got a clean sheet yesterday so that's what we, we can't talk about yet um, yesterday in a bit but that's four out of five clean sheets isn't it and that's that's an improvement <clears throat> um, so you've got to look at that positively as well um, yeah, I don't think there's much more to say than what, what Sam said really
1: Yeah, no, I agree um, In terms of yesterday then, I know you
2: both went uh, what what are, you, what are your takeaways from it? Uh, poor performance, but I think one thing I really came out of that game <laughs> thinking was just a, well, not poor performance, but you know we've no way near play to what we've shown we're capable of playing I think, Ryan Lowe said it in the interview afterwards, we'll play better than that in games and not win or not or lose but I think you can complicate football as much as you want but if you've you know you've got a defence that are capable of keeping the ball out the back of your net I think it's five clean sheets and six in the league and you've got a striker like Archer who I believe is Premier League quality and you know can create a goal scoring chance and finish like that you're going to end up winning more games than you lose and I think that's a real positive for us going forward knowing that we can pick up results when we're not playing our best because no team plays the best for 46 games a season sometimes you've got to dig in you've got to you know, make the last stitch blocks like Bowers made at the end and you've got to you know, rely on your forward players to create someone and finish it like Archer has. So I think that's a real positive, knowing that we can dig deep and get results under Ryan Lowe.
1: Yeah, yesterday wasn't a game for the purist at all. I mean, obviously the pitch was pretty poor. How conducive that was to the quality of the game, I suspect it probably played a decent part in it. Um, but, yeah, it just wasn't... Wasn't one that's going to live long in the memory Other than for that little bit of quality That moment of quality from Cameron Archer Who for however many minutes it was before the goal He's not really been involved And I think when Emile came off and Ched came on I think you're looking at Emile and Archer And you're thinking it could easily have been Either one of the two that was coming off there um, But obviously it's it's paid dividends to, to bring Emile off And leave Cameron on
0: well, I think the pitch didn't help. And it was also, it was really windy yesterday as well. That wouldn't that have helped. Um, and I don't think it helped Whiteman's game, really, the pitch, because we were trying to knock it about, but we weren't really getting anywhere. We couldn't really penetrate them, um, which I think is why. And I think Reese had a bit of a poor game yesterday. but The service wasn't great, but I don't think the movement up top was particularly good. Um, and then when Evans came on and then later on, Ledson, you kind of, well, the midfield kind of changed then we go a little bit more direct and um as you can see from the goal the goal comes from a goal kick doesn't it you know so it's we kind of just stopped passing it about as much and just tried to go for the goal which was which was good to see um first half was a bit of a I mean we had a lot of the ball but we didn't really do much with it um and then at the beginning of the second half Peterborough came out and I thought we were quite poor at the start of the, the second half Peterborough came out and had a few chances um I actually came off yesterday and I thought Oh, well, we, we should have won that, definitely. But watch the highlights this morning and Peter actually had way more chances than I actually thought they had. They probably had, had more than us. Um, So to come out of it with a 1-0 win with a bit of quality from Archer, you can't really uh, complain about that, can you? Um, Picking up a nice 1-0 win away from home is always good. Get in there, get out with three points and move on.
1: Yeah, the goal came late on as well, didn't it? I think Ollie said in the, in the group chat this morning that... that... The amount of goals we've conceded in the last fifteen minutes of games this season—I can't remember what the what the number was—but Um but you'd, you'd think that's got to be a fitness issue,
0: Peterborough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that pitch doesn't help. <laughs> Definitely doesn't help. But I think on the flip side, we 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 tend to end games really well on the low. We we seem to. Sit about, sit back, assess the situation in the first half, and then just go all out in, in the second half, and um, and, it, and it happened again yesterday. So, yeah, with Peterborough, I mean they're they're a poor side, aren't they? Um, we've got to be looking to beat them. So, I think there's a lot of poor sides down at that bottom of the league, isn't there? Uh, this the season,
2: flat, I think the fact Derby and you know Derby have obviously under Wayne they're doing really well, but the fact that they've had a 21 point deduction and the you know, really closing that gap to within five points in February, you know, is testament really to how poor the lights of Barnsley, Peterborough and sort of Reading have been this season.
1: I hope to God Reading go down. I absolutely despise <laughs> Reading football club. It's a horrific away day as well, just
0: don't say as that well. before the game, Jake.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean I'm not particularly fond of Derby to be fair, but I I'd like to see them stay up, I think if if Rooney can do that and turn it around for
2: them It'd be an unbelievable achievement just going back to what we said before about Peterborough conceding late like, as well i saw what jimmy tweeted this morning under ryan low at the 14 goals we've scored under and 12 have come in the second half so you do feel one thing that perhaps we haven't had under you know previous managers or regimes is that you feel that as games go on we always have a chance of nicking something you know he's he's made some changes yesterday he's not afraid to tinker with it and you know luckily we've paid off we've paid dividends haven't we You know we've got Two late goals in the away game at Stoke. It was a second half winner from Archer in the last two away games. So I think that's a real positive as well. I'm sure you'd Ryan Lowe would say, being a probably a as a manager, he's probably a bit more of a perfectionist, the fact that he'd love to be scoring in the first half as well. But I'm sure, you know, he's not bothered by the fact that we're scoring late goals and, you know, winning football games at the end of the day.
1: I think we we've started poorly quite a lot this season anyway, haven't we? There's been games under Frankie where gone in at half time and you're thinking, All right, bloody hell. It can't really get much worse than that and you know we've we've come out second half some games and, and salvaged a draw or seen out a draw or whatever it may be so I, i'm not sure i'm not sure whether it's specifically something under ryan low or if it's just how we are this season in general
0: you got to remember for low as well is that we are in a position where we've got nothing to lose you know we may as well go for games in the last five minutes you know yesterday if we came out of it one nil defeat what difference does it make with a draw you know we've got to go for it to get to this playoff spot if we want to get there so it hopefully it is a tactical lows but it, it'd be interesting to see if we were the other way around they we were in Huddersfield's position like the other night where they looked as though they probably settled for a point would we be the same if we were in that position um because We've got to, we'll got. touch on it later in terms of the playoffs but I think we'll have to get about two points per game in order to get there so we're going to have to be picking up wins and especially games where you know like Reading next and stuff so we may as well go for it.
1: Yeah I think it was maybe after three or four games under low maybe four or five games one of the lads in, in the group chat I don't know it might have been you Adam said like oh we need to be averaging two points per game between now and the end of the season and I think don't think we're actually we're not far off that under low, are we, in terms of what, what we've averaged so far. We're about is... one point eight
2: something, I looked at that before. I think yeah. five wins, five draws and one defeat in his eleven league game. So it's it's not it's not too bad and,
1: you know, with 11, 11 games and in, in under his belt so far and averaging one point eight is it something that we can carry on? I know, like you said, we'll come on to it more in the second half, but I think just the. Do, do you think we have the capability to keep that kind of form up between now and the end of the season?
2: Uh, it's just. I think as a starting 11, like we had yesterday, it's probably. You know, there's an argument for you know which of the three strikers you want to see up front. There's an argument is Josh Earl or Cunningham as for who's your left better? left side of the ring back that we've got the club right now. But the one thing that worries me going into the end of the season, if you pick up a few injuries, you know, if you lose Whiteman, I know you've spoken about a lot on the pod, how much of a better team we are when he plays. And we haven't really got the squad depth. So I think as long as we keep the main bulk of the starting eleven fit, we've got every chance of keeping this run going. But my one worry would, if we pick up a couple of injuries, you know, if Bauer goes down injured, if you lose out on Whiteman or one of that midfield two in Johnson or Brown, I think that's when we could potentially get you know, become stuck towards the end of the season. But, you know, it's all if Bucs and at, you know, at this moment in time, isn't
0: it? I think White- Whiteman is a massive player for us in the way we play, especially if we want to get on the ball and dictate. If you take Whiteman out of that team, you're then looking at a midfield that, I mean, being able to retain the ball, Ledson, not, not particularly great. Whiteman's always on the turn, is he? He's always, you know, ticking the ball over nicely. If you take that out of, of our team, we're a completely different team. So he's going to have to have a bit of luck because we're not got the best of squads when you actually look at it. Um, But if everyone stays fit, you know, th- th- there's no reason why we can't put a good run together. What I would say is though, is that there's games coming up that are a lot more and we a lot more difficult, you know, like the forest game, for example, which will be probably our first test. I think first proper test to see how good this team is because, um, because Forest are, are in great form and they're bang up there, aren't
2: they? So exactly. Still yeah, got to play all the
1: top four as well again. Oh so. yeah, I yeah. was just gonna say we got we got a and then it's you know a, 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 you take Bournemouth out and it's on paper. I know football's not played on paper, cliche alert, um, <laughs> but it's a it's a it's a really, it's a run of fixtures that you look at and go we can pick up points there until you come to like. QPR, then you got Fulham, Blackburn, Borough to end the season, so not the easiest end to the season that is. It's a tough running, isn't it? It's a tough running. But I think you know, you look you look at the the games against well, there isn't anyone actually really looking at it. They're all teams that are either around us or above us. So the teams that are around us, they've they got the same goal as us. They're looking to, to break into the playoffs or are already in the playoffs and looking to cement that that top six spot. The only one that you would look at on paper, really, is Derby and Barnsley. And Derby, I think, you know, they've picked up a lot underway, as we mentioned before. So the only one that you look at out of the next, however many games it is between now and the end of the season, really, is, is a... And I might regret saying this. As a banker, is Barnsley away? But yeah, it, it's going to be an interesting end to the season. You know, there's there's winnable games in there. There's games that you'd look at and think we wouldn't stand a chance, and we might pick up a win, like the Bournemouth aways of of this this season. Yeah, I think we can. Unless you boys have got anything else you want to say, we can end part one there, and then we'll we'll come back and we'll talk about playoff chances, and we'll we'll talk about Ryan Lowe's first couple of months in charge.
2: No,
1: I'm all good, I've sort of Hi, mate. I've thought I Cool, right. Well, uh, I'll see you in part two, boys. Welcome back to part two of the From the Finney podcast. We'll discuss Ryan Lowe's first two months in charge, we'll give our thoughts on the chances of the playoffs and how slim they might be, and then we'll finish off by looking ahead to the Reading game at home on Saturday. I'm very aware that I am just springing this on you now, boys, but when we've finished discussing Ryan Lowe's first two months, I'd like you to give me an up and a down and a rating out of 10 from his time in charge, but Yeah, like we said in the first half, five wins, five draws, one defeat in the league, plus one defeat in the cup. Uh, But that defeat, to be fair, you know, it finished 1-1 after extra time, uh, sorry, after 90 minutes, and obviously we we lost after extra time. It was in an empty stadium as well. So if people have listened to episodes in the past and wondered why, perhaps there hasn't been that much emphasis placed on the defeat in the cup, I think. The fact that it's a cup game, the fact that it was played in an empty stadium and the fact that we lost the game in extra time just makes it not really something to focus on. It's not like it's there's any, been any trends taken from it that have sort of run into the league season. Uh, run into the league game, sorry. So, yeah, I mean, five wins, five draws, one defeat, plus a manager that has engaged with the fan base, hasn't had any slide digs, hasn't tried sort of uh what's the word marginalize some some sections of the fan base with with the comments and the result of that is a club and, and a fan base and a squad that feels united almost united i think i think there's still some sections some things that you know are, are just lacking a little bit i think maybe some people don't quite buy into everything just yet um and, as I said the other week, you know it it feels like we're we're definitely on the right track at the minute in terms of the direction that we're heading, but I think, like you said adam there's there's gonna be some some acid test games to come that will be a good test for us and to sort of for us to see where we're at as a team and you know it feels like we say this every every season, but summer's gonna be huge,
0: yeah. It's been really, it's been a good few months. But there's a few things to take into consideration: is that it was so low <laughs> before he came in. Not not using low deliberately, but it, the mood in the place was so low before he came in that, to some extent, whoever came in would have been, um, you know, would have got us in a better frame of mind, um, especially with COVID, and then. The whole way that the last manager left, um, and I think that it was a completely new change of direction, which is what we needed. Um, and I think that's got to be taken into consideration as well. Is that you know we're only 11 league games in. You can't get too carried away. You know you can't look at a snapshot of a manager's performance in 11 games, can you? Um, so there's a lot of ups and downs to go. Injuries potential to lose key players all those sort of things that you've got to take into consideration rather than looking at a snapshot of 11 games um but but the way it's gone so far and and all the stuff off the pitch and the way that all the fans are you know he's got about 10 different songs hasn't he for him at the minute as well so it's 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 it's, it's much better than where it was um i do think it's easy for people to get a little bit carried away with things but i'm happy at the minute and it's uh you know let's hope it can continue just
1: before you jump in, Sam, um, can you under can you understand why some people might not have bought into it yet or might be sort of a bit more reserved and, and maybe wanting to buy into it but are just holding back a little bit can, could you understand that
0: yeah I mean it's only realistic isn't it you know you've got like well, just like I said for, for the reasons there you, you can't look at 11 games and go this guy's going to take us to the Premier League definitely. That's just not how it works. So, you know, you've got a whole, if we don't go up this season, you've got a whole transfer window to deal with. What sort of players are we going to get in? Is that going to affect the way we play? What players are we going to lose? There's all sorts of things like that you've got to take into account. So I don't think you can look at things properly until until probably the summer. And that's if we don't do anything this season. And then see how we get on next season, because it's probably been some sort of... Um, it's kick-started us to some extent, but as soon as things start going wrong, and we go through a bad patch, which we will do, you know, everyone goes through a bad patch, don't they? It's about how we then come out of the back of that.
2: Yeah, I agree with Adam, what you said on there. You know, I think, like you said, that I think the fact that we only took around 4,000 fans to Blackburn, and what's usually a banker to be at least six six and 6,500 and obviously, you know, it was just near Christmas, which would have played a factor, but I think that really showed the you know the disengagement the fan base really had with the club at that point in time, and I think that would have probably been the final straw for the the hierarchy in the club in realizing the disengagement, and you know obviously making the decision to uh, remove Frankie from his position. And like uh, Adam said, Ryan Lowe's come in and he's really galvanised the fan base. He's a popular figure. You know we, we're playing a lot better football. A lot of players are probably better playing in roles. A lot of players are playing in roles that probably suits them more than what they have been in the last regime and that's all positives but like uh, Adam said there I think we need to make sure everything we say isn't an knee reaction you know he's even though he's done fantastically well we have had some fairly reasonable games we've played a lot of teams towards the bottom end of the table you know your Birmingham's your Peterborough's yesterday Hollower down there I think we've got a even though I think the best time to judge him is probably next January when we've he's had a summer to bring in the players he wants and then he's probably had play each team once and not really see you know, what his recruitment is because I think he's mentioned in interviews he's going to take more of a role in terms of recruiting players whereas in the past it's been a lot more sort of Peter Ridsdale focused and that's not a slander on Peter Ridsdale because all lots of Ali McCann, Reese Whiteman have come in under that regime but Ryan Lowe he knows the lower divisions having managed there himself and that tends to be the market that we we look to bring in our players in from so I think we'll have to wait a bit to uh judging on that. I think in an ideal world we'd have probably been able to do a bit more business in this last January, but you know, with the uh, decisions we've made in terms of handing contracts out in the past and the players on our books, it made it far from ideal in terms of shifting players on to bringing the funds to bring them in. But I think give it, you know, a year's time, give him the summer where a lot will be out of contract. You know, we're not paying off team managers. I think Jimmy tweeted it the other day. We'll be saving around seventy-five thousand pounds a week on wages, which is you know a lot of money to be spending on incoming players. So I think we've got a really solid foundation for success, but you've just got to, you know, trust the process really. I don't think the playoffs this year and I will we'll come on to it are a realistic ambition, but I think we've just got to trust the process, enjoy the, the games this season and we'll probably judge them in you know twelve months time.
0: I thought it was interesting in the January transfer window where there was a lot of Lowe was saying the players I want to bring in, what I'm going to do. Whereas Frankie was saying the recruitment team. So it's going to be completely different in the summer. It's going to be the people Lowe wants to bring in. Um, so you can definitely judge him when he's got his own his own players in. I mean, a wing back situation at the minute is, you know, we've got pots playing there who who might had had another really good game yesterday. Um, but there's a the left back left wing back situation which which needs addressing and there's other areas. Um, you know, there's three lone players we're gonna to need to replace because I can't see us getting those three back. So it's going to be it's all all right to look at these 11 games but there's going to be a lot of issues ahead that he's going to have to deal with which previous managers have all had to deal with and you can't judge or compare just off 11 games can you I don't think I
1: think on the recruitment you know it's been the the communication about signings and recruitment like you just said there Adam has been very different to under frankie how much do you think trevor's sort of passing has had an impact on that because you know it it was quite well documented how and rightly so to an extent how you know he controlled their budgets and all that sort of stuff you know we've got ffp to adhere to but now that he's no longer here you know not knocking anything he's done at the club in the past or the way that he's run us, but I think that's maybe like taking the shackles off a little bit for Peter and Peter's perhaps maybe got a bit more control um, in terms of freeing up Ryan Lowe to be more involved in the transfers as opposed to it just being the recruitment team and and Peter that go out and source and sign transfers. Players, sorry.
0: I don't know. I mean, we had a situation with with trevor where um i know peter said that he never went and signed a player that no manager wanted well apart from one which i think we all know that is but there was a a way yeah yeah (laughs) but but we worked in a way where if we went and got a player we went and got a player no matter what so like mccann or um or or reese you know for example he would sign off the funds to do that And and sometimes it would become a little bit of a surprise to the manager that those funds had suddenly become available. So I'd I'd like to think that if that has changed, there's more of a a plan in place um, to pick those uh, particular players and that the manager gets the backing that he wants to do that. But I guess we'll have to wait and see in the summer, won't we, whether it's actually changed or not.
2: It's tricky to comment on it as well, isn't it? Because we're talking on purely speculation, seeing what's happened, you know, it's... Coincided that Trevor's, you know, God rest his soul, passed away, and then you know, there's been obviously a new manager coming in. He's saying he's got more control. Little things like the uh, the cop opening back up for Reading next uh, in the coming week in the Blackpool game. It's, you know, it's all going to cost money, you know. That has coincided, but it's hard to, you know, say that's a, you know, a, a nailed-on correlation. Where you know we don't see the ongoings in the club. It just seems to be a rather strong coincidence that all these decisions that are costing the club money have come, you know, post Trevor's passing. Just on the cop
1: and this isn't me trying to have a dig at anyone, but I saw the allocation for the Reading game and the cop, and it's like, it's empty. There's hardly anyone bought any tickets in there. Do you think that this is proving to be a case of a vocal minority wanting something to happen? And in reality, actually, the majority of people aren't that arsed. I think I think I think think that's something that you can take from it when there's not really many tickets been sold for the cop against Reading. I know it's a different story against Blackpool, but they could have built a standout scaffolding on top of the Tom Finney, and that would have sold out for Blackpool. Like you know, it's the Blackpool game; it's a completely different thing. But the Reading game and the fact that it was cited as as a test, as a trial run, so to speak. Do you think it is a case that there's a vocal minority and a vocal few that want that to happen and in reality that the vast majority of fans just aren't that bothered?
2: I think it's a tricky one, isn't it, though? Because you look at, like, you know, we've always, we've said it for a long time now, our home attendances at Deepdale are pretty poor compared to what they used to be. You'll say, I'm not sure what the average is this season, but it's probably increased a bit since the lows come in. But on average for the season, you'll say we're probably averaging around ten and a half, eleven thousand 11,000 home fans. And you know, we've had a few games, especially on the Tuesday nights, where it looks pretty empty around the edge of the Tom Finney anyway on a match day on a Saturday. So unless it was a case where, you know, a couple of thousand of fans weren't coming on to the games solely because they weren't allowed to sit in the cop, I don't think that's the case. And I'm pretty sure I can hand on heart say that's definitely not the case. I think it's the fact that, you know, I don't think adding the I don't think opening up the cop's gonna add on two thousand seats, two thousand people on the seats. So It just confuses me as to why you'd make a stadium which, you know, as much as it hurts me to say looks half empty anyway, make it more empty by, you know, increasing the area of which the home fans can sit. It's just a strange one.
0: Well, I was on the cot before they moved it, well, before they stopped home fans going on. And if you were on there, it seemed as though the atmosphere was all right, but most games there wasn't actually that many people on there. And and yeah, you're next to the away fans, so you can kind of have a little bit of back and forth, which at the minute, kind of only the the bottom section of the Invincibles, um, kind of do at the minute. But when we moved over, because I moved over to Town, it, I remember everyone saying at the time that the atmosphere in detail was better for it. So to then move back to that, I just don't see it, unless it's a big game like the Blackpool game, obviously, and in the past. People have been asking for that, you know, if we're playing Blackman or Blackpool, let's get home fans in there because we will be able to put more in there. But Reading at home, is that really going to, you know, get people back on and and get a decent atmosphere? I dare say,
1: they've they've looked at that game and thought, Reading, the way that they're playing, they're not going to bring that many. So if we open up the cop to home fans, we're not going to... It's not like Reading are going to bring two or three thousand, and by opening the cop to home fans, we'll maybe limiting that to one thousand five hundred to let more home fans in. I think it's probably one of them where they thought there might only be five hundred Reading fans, so we can shove them right at the far end, open up the cop and see actually do home fans want to come back to the cop for you know your your average games that you get most of the season, you know your your run of the mill games that happen every other week. Barring like the big ones, like your Blackburns, your Blackpools, etc.
2: And he cut games as well, like when Liverpool came. Yeah. Sure we saw that at the home end, so there's obviously an argument there. So you can...
0: Well, you see, it's a trial run, isn't it? And, and the policing for that game against Reading is not exactly going to be, you know, as high as what it would be for one of those games. So it is definitely a trial run. I just think all it's doing is it's opening it up for criticism if there's hardly anybody there. And then suddenly everyone goes, oh, why do we bother doing this? You know, so I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I personally, I'm not particularly bothered about it, but I know there are people out there that are, that are passionate about getting back on the cop, and that's fair. That's fair. Yeah. yeah. Them. Everyone's um,
1: entitled to their opinion, aren't they? And do you know what? <laughs> Kudos to the club for opening it up, because, like I said, there has been a section of the fan base that have wanted it to open back up, and the club have been absolutely hammered in the past for not listening to the fans. The fans want this, but the club aren't doing it. Well, now they are. So, you know, it's if if people are genuinely bothered about the cop or whatever else it may be then you know it's time to get out and support and show the club that that is the case so that it may become a more permanent fixture um but yeah i think on the whole i think it's good that the club is starting to listen more to the fans
2: yeah definitely i'm a bit younger than you two but i mean i don't remember it being open cheers for
3: reminding
2: me sam i mean like i don't remember the days of it being open properly the only games i really remember were. the Two home games in the playoffs, and we played Rotherham and then we played Chesterfield, and it was open then. But then that falls into the big game category as such. I don't remember when it was particularly open for, um, you know, just the UBOG standard Championship League game.
0: I remember the, the QPR game was a pretty special game, to be honest, when St. Ledger scored in the last minute. But yeah, it, it was pretty special from the finish down that one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but I don't remember many other. Times where it stands out for me, I don't know.
1: Yeah. Um, in terms of the playoffs, then. Oh no, actually, before we finish on low, um, what what are you rating his two months
2: out of ten so far? I'd give him an eight myself, eight out of ten. I think he's, regardless of fans, we playing good football. He's, you know, the one player he's probably brought in on his own merit is Cameron Archer. He's proven to be, you know, if that's the type of signing he's going to bring in, we can judge his. Type of recruitment off him, I think that's a real positive, and I think I'd I'd give him a lot more. Had we seen more of him, but you know, we're still sort of—you could argue—we're still in the honeymoon period as such now, and then it can't really give him any higher before he's had proper tests, like a full window, a full summer window, playing, you know, a lot more of the teams in the upper echelons of the division. But you know, I'm dead happy with what I've seen so far.
0: Yeah, if you're looking at a snapshot of this so far, then I think I'd have to give it an eight as well because you know, looking near enough two points per game. everything's in a, or most things are in a, a better position off the pitch. Um, there's a real, I mean, if you go into any games at the minute, you can really sense that there's a there's a real um, happiness about the place and, and belief, if anything, which we've yeah, not had for was, a long time. I was time.
1: just going to say, it feels like there's a bit of belief around Deepdale on a match day now, doesn't it? Like fans, are, fans aren't just turning up anymore because they've paid for a season ticket out of habit. And it's something to do on a Saturday. It feels like fans are starting to come back on because they believe that we can. Just, I'm not even going to say the playoffs, but they just believe we can win that game of football.
0: Yeah, exactly. and yeah. we've not had that for a, for a long time. I think the introduction of Mike Marsh as well is a real positive that's come out the back of it because we needed that. Off the, you know, the coaching staff needed to be looked at as well. Um, once. Once Frankie went, so that's been a massive improvement. Style of play, um, potential links with Villa going forward, and you never know. Liverpool. I mean, he was on Liverpool LF, see, LF TV. He was on that, wasn't he, the other week? So he's obviously got some sort of K- Scouse connection as well, which we could potentially use. So we're we're in a much better position than we were. That's that's for certain. Yeah,
1: I think Peter's mentioned in the past that we've actually got quite a good relationship with Liverpool anyway. So, you know, maybe having someone like Lowe at the club could just be the the sprinkling on top to that sort of relationship and could pay off with, you know, maybe another decent loan or maybe signing an academy product that maybe they don't think is going to do well, but we we do, Uh, you know, I don't know, however it might work. But yeah, I think... I was thinking before about this, and I was thinking if if I was to judge Frankie's time, I'd give that like a five, maybe a five and a half. So I think you know, if you take into account everything that Lowe's done in terms of the off the pitch stuff, not just the football, yeah, I I agree with you. I think you know, seven and a half, eight out of ten is about right. Um, There's tests to come. There's harder. Harder things to come in in his time here, but so far in the two months, you know, it's, uh, it's chalk and cheese in it from how we were for the prior two months.
0: Yeah, one negative. that You asked for a negative, didn't you, as well? Didn't you Yeah, so
1: as well, if you can give me, like, you you want up and then you want down as well. I'm, uh, if, if George and Luke are listening to this, they'll be like, what a bastard, Nick, in our, <laughs> our article ideas. But yeah, g- give me an up and a down as well.
0: Well, give me down. I think whole situation with McCann and it's not necessarily Lowe's fault because the way he plays but I'm just struggling to see how McCann fits into this long term and he was a big signing for us albeit under a previous manager I'm just thinking about where where is McCann going to fit he's played like that number eight role didn't he when when DJ was out what long term is he going to fit in there And, and everyone's got high hopes for him so probably my my low. Um and the high, I think we've covered a number of these, but probably the one the one high is just that we've got we've got a bit of belief back into the whole football club. And he has been a massive part in doing that. So fair play to him.
2: Yeah, and if I'm to give my high and a low, I think the uh, the high is just literally I feel like I'm sure I can speak to a lot of people that you know I've seen it's quoted a lot on Twitter you know, Preston North and are back. We're back. We are a fan base that are proudly following the club up and down the country and at home. Instead of just out of habit, you know, the numbers in the away following have increased since the coming, come in, which is fantastic. I think we're back playing football that you could associate us, you'd like to be associated with. You know, we're, we're keeping the ball on the deck best we can. We're playing through the thirds, which is a lot better than, again, no disrespect to Frankie, but the sort of long ball that we were used to. Uh, my one low is, I think, like you say, by squads. I think, you know, the, the probably the best example of it, but other players as well. You've got Players who have been built to fit a previous regime, whether that be players coming in under Alex Neil or players coming in under Frankie McAvoy, like McCann, I think there's a lot of players who are potentially not the ones getting called out on the socials as dead wood. Maybe players like maybe your Ledsons, your McCanns, your Josh Hills, who's been mentioned, you potentially aren't going to suit this system. I think we've got a hell of a task shifting what out of the 25 man squad is probably. 10, 11 of them who potentially some names aren't used to being called out who aren't going to fit this system and whether it's realistic to get a squad that Lowe wants in the uh, summer window, you know, only time will tell with that. But I think one negative is we've got a real, real big job to shift out of these Deadwood players to allow us to bring in the players that he wants in order to give us, you know, best chance of success going forward. But again, that's maybe not, you say a downside of Lowe, that's probably not his fault. I think that's just, you know, the cards he's been dealt when he's taken the job, which I'm sure he was aware of when he came in.
1: Yeah, I've no doubt he was he was aware of that, and I can't really disagree. To be fair, I don't think there's you know everything we've said so far about Ryan and his time here and your both your highs, um, I've not really got anything different to say, and uh, I, I, yeah, a low that I I couldn't think of one. To be fair, I was struggling because there are a few things, but it would it would just sound like it's just nitpicking for the sake of it and i think you know the points that you two both made are both very well made and yeah i think the ali mccann one's really interesting adam um because you'd look at maybe saying like well dj's you know getting on a bit 29 30 maybe got two or three more seasons at this level but can you see uh ali mccann sticking around for that that length of time, not playing regularly on the hope that DJ might go and he might get that slot in the team. But then you look at it and go, well, the way Alan Brown plays, would he be better suited to replacing Alan Brown as opposed to replacing DJ? And Alan Brown's club captain signed a, what, a four year deal last January, three and a half year deal, whatever, something. whatever it was. He's not going anywhere anytime soon. I don't think so. Yeah, it's a tough one. Um, and it'd be interesting to see how things pan out with uh, with with Ali. In terms of the reading game, no. In terms of the playoffs, what what are you saying? Do you reckon it's doable? I know we've touched on bits here and there and whatnot, but is it is it a goal that we can realistically achieve? I know there's always a team in there toward the end of a season that, that has a late push and a late run, but you know, we touched on it in part one that our running is quite tough, barring maybe one or two games on paper, that are slightly easier. Do you, do you think it's uh, an attainable target for us?
2: Well, as long as it's mathematically doable, you know, and the form we've been on and the confidence that we've got is doable but I think we need to get drawn away from playoff talk as a target as such and just enjoy the football we've got under like Ryan Lowe. I think the trick for me is to stay level-headed, you know, I think as good as the days at like, US Broms, your Stokes, your Hull last week and maybe yesterday will be, I think while well, he's got the squad of players he has and the depth he's got, there's going to be a lot of Millwall away, Swansea away. I know it was a cup game, but Cardiff away type of performances. And I think, you know, you go on the social medias after a win like yesterday where perhaps we haven't played that well and it's all positive, you know, but then you go on the after the um, the draw at Millwall and the loss to Swansea and players are getting thrown under the bus. I think the trick's just to stay level-headed. You know, Rome wasn't built in a day, as the old saying goes. I think just enjoy the football. And if you keep stringing wins together and get there or get, Towards the top six, then fantastic. You know, you give yourself every chance, but at the same time, I wouldn't necessarily target the playoffs because I think looking at the table, we've played the joint most games. We've played 32, and teams above us have played 30 or even 29. So it's a real tough ask to get in there. I think you're saying two points a game. I think there's an argument you need even more than that. And when you look at the caliber of teams you're playing against, it's it's going to be a tricky task. But you just got to go into each take each game as it comes, try and win each game, and then. You know the table will take care of itself if
0: you do that. Yeah, I think it's hard to talk about the end of the championship season and going for playoffs without entering cliche territory. But it, it is true what everyone says when you get to those final ten games—you never know what. <laughs> I'm going to say loads of cliches here. But you just—you never know what can happen because Ollie's you've got... going to be having a fit listening to yeah, this tomorrow. Yeah. Sorry, Adam Ollie. Brown
1: quotes all over Twitter with uh, football <laughs> cliches
0: tagged yeah. in. Sorry, Ollie. Um, but when you, get, when you do get to those last 10 games, and it is going to be a lot of the times when teams are playing each other, the games are going to be really interesting, to be fair, because you've got teams just going for it. Like at the minute, we're going for games in the last 10 minutes. We're going to be playing Forest, Coventry, like we've touched on, all the teams that are going up and getting there. I think the Archer introduction has been a massive signing for us because it's pretty clear he's added that little bit of quality in the final third, which we needed. And he's dragging us you know the whole game and then... The game yesterday, he's dragging us out of it a little bit. So the introduction of him, and if we keep players fit, I think we'll be up there. But I can't see us getting in the top six. But I think we'll comfortably finish top half, and we'll be finishing on a real positive note, ready for next season. I think.
1: Yeah, I think for me, I'd I'd be more than happy with a top half finish. I think we're we're capable of a top ten finish. Uh obviously we're capable, like you said Sam, while it's mathematically possible I think we are capable of a playoff spot, but I just can't see it happening. Um I think I think this season would be perhaps a step too far. Um it'd be yeah. Yeah, I think it is it would be a step too far for us a bit of a reach. But yeah, I'm, I'm going to say comfortably top half and I'd, I'd be delighted with a top 10 finish given how the first half of the season panned out and I think it was I, its only this weekend actually that we've got into the top half of the table for the first time this season so I'm sure someone will correct me if I'm wrong on that on social media but I'm I'm almost certain that this weekend is the first time so yeah, I think it's going to be an interesting end to the season and obviously that will start next Saturday Um with the visit of Reading, I think this might be the first game that I'm working, first home game that I'm working, and not not on as a fan, because it's uh, a certain a certain reporter's birthday. He's allowed a day off, isn't he? Yeah, he is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what what what's your take on the Reading game? They've they're in. I would. They're not even in indifferent form. They're in shocking form at the minute. They've they've no wins in seven. Uh, well, sorry, they've lost the last seven with one draw two draws sorry in the last 10 you've got to go back to 27th of november for the last time they won a game it's as far as games go that you look at and go that's got to be a nailed on three points and i'll probably get pelters again for this and especially if we don't win on saturday but it's a game that you're looking at and you've, you've got to be saying three points you've got to be
2: Barnsley beat QPR yesterday so like you say you've got to be careful what you say haven't you because I'm sure yeah. all the QPR fans thought similar about that but like you say we're on a a real high at the moment you know uh, like we said it's uh, something like 20 points from a possible 20 no it's not 20 points from 11 games of dollar yeah that's right and then um, obviously Reading at the polar opposites at the table so you know it's one of them games where you feel if we get that early goal, you know, the in. when you have that losing mentality, it's really hard to shift from. And then when also the confidence is high, you know, you've got to feel that we'll go on and really push on and get a decent victory. But, you know, in, they're going to be fighting for their lives. It's championship football. I know it's I'm going to be said another cliche here, but, you know, it's, it's 11 men v 11 men at the end of the day. Nothing's gar- guaranteed victory. And I'm sure um, Ryan Lowe will be making sure the players are well aware of that. It's the championship.
0: Yeah, we've got, we've got to be winning it, haven't we? It'd be nice to get back-to-back wins because I don't think... Have we even done that this season, got back-to-back wins? I can't even... Yeah, have a couple those, those first two games. Oh, of course, yeah, yeah. Come on. But we've not, we've not won three on the trot, have we? So we'll see where the no. Forest game goes. But yeah, I think it'd be nice to get back-to-back wins because the draws, as much as it kind of keeps you going on the two points per game, you win and draw, but we just need to get a little few wins together to get the confidence up there and get us up that table. Um, so it'd be nice to get that win. We've got to be looking to win that, haven't we? You know? But you wouldn't be surprised, would you? A nil nil or a nil one or whatever. And yeah, then I everyone's think- brought back down to earth, then, aren't
1: they? <laughs> yeah, I think Jimmy said this morning, didn't he, that it, it's got 1 nil reading written all <laughs> over it. Yeah.
2: It's um, so funny because uh, really people are actually going to talk about the playoffs. And I've, you know, I've previously said it. I don't think it is the target we should be sort of pinning ourselves towards, but at the same time, these are the type of games, you know, Adam, you mentioned the draws that have got to become three points if you have any chance. You know, there's an argument that yesterday was an example of that, a game where you're not really doing enough to win a game that you should and you just have that bit of quality. I think a lot of the draws we've had, like the Birmingham game, the Huddersfield game, they're the ones you have got to be three points if you are to push for the playoffs. And Reading, you know, if you, if anyone inside the club or indeed in the fan base believes that the playoffs should be a target or indeed are a target, these have you've got to be three points nailed on.
0: You've got to remember as well, I think apart from the West Brom game, I don't think we've gone two up straight away without having to come back or or make it, you know, two one or whatever. So we've not really gone out and control the whole game. So, like for the Birmingham game, for example, even if we go one 0 up, all it takes is a you know goal in the last few minutes for it for it to change and end up to be a draw. So it'd be nice to see us get out there and and dominate a game and um you know come up with a a 3-0 win or something like that it'd be it'd be a real positive
2: That's to boost the goal difference as well actually
0: yeah that could come in handy as well yeah
1: yeah, that's a good point Sam I think I felt I felt yesterday might have been the game that you know we put three or four past the side but I, I do think one of them between now and the end of the season wouldn't go and miss and would be a big out to the goal difference definitely
2: like I say, it's a championship. No one would have expected Barnsley to, you know, beat QPR at home yesterday, and it's sort well. No one would have expected, uh, you know, Blackpool to take four points off following this season. As much as we don't like them, it's nothing's nailed on. You're gonna have to play 100. percent You're gonna have to win your individual battles, and you know, if we don't do that, we give Red every chance. But I'm confident. Lowell, you know, put them in the mindset to do that, and I'm pretty confident of a victory.
1: Yeah, same. What's, what's your predictions then?
0: Two nil.
2: I'm gonna go three nil.
1: Yeah, it took the words right out of my mouth, Sam. I'm going to go three
2: nil. They're not scoring, are they, at the minute, Reading? We're not conceding either. Far no. And six, so. Well,
0: they're conceding a lot as well. 17 in the last six they conceded. So I'll
1: take, take that back. Say they're not scoring. They scored two against Cov. Scored against Bristol City. Scored three against Huddersfield. So they they can't find the back of the net. Um, but, yeah, it's keeping them out that's the problem. One last point, and I'm sure you... Well, I suspect both of you might have seen it in the last few minutes, but there's something doing the rounds uh, in one of the papers that I won't name about North End apparently looking to, uh, looking to sell with probably going to butcher his name, but Chris Kirchner looking to buy the club or, well, I say looking to buy the club the report set, states that he's, he's interested, um, and apparently he's been to watch the club as well uh, in the last week or so. What what do you make of a potential sale? Um, do you think it's something that we perhaps need to look to do to sort of kick on as a football club? I mean, I think it's been quite well reported or quite well talked about. Maybe not reported that we haven't really been flush with cash this last win this last window. Uh, and obviously, the the untimely passing of Trevor um, does feel like maybe the time is right for for some fresh investment, whether that's a complete buyout or someone comes in and buys a stake in the club, and the Hemings family still have a controlling stake. But you know, we look to to raise some funds through investment, whatever it may be. But what what's your thoughts on that?
0: Um, well, we've been told for years how much. Heming's family are having to put into the football club, and then the comments in January were that we have to be a little bit more self-sustainable, into, especially this season in terms of making our money back. Now a club that gets ten thousand a week on is not going to be able to compete towards the top end of the championship unless it gets some serious investment, which we've we've been lucky to have to keep us sustainable but in terms of pushing on we kind of need something different and if the Hemmings family aren't prepared to do that which is perfectly within their um, decision to do that then it probably does need something new and fresh off the pitch as well um, but on the flip side careful what you wish for because we've uh, there's been plenty of clubs especially in our local area who have um have been on the bad side of you know, ownerships and, and we're kind of lucky that we've got what we've got at the minute. So in a similar way then Lowe has galvanised the fan base on the pitch and got everyone going, then something off the pitch as well could help to do that. So, yeah, it's probably needed and, and to be fair, the Hemmings family are probably more than happy to um, to sell, but it's kind of a bit scary at the same time, isn't it, I think.
2: Yeah, it's sort of going to enter into the realms of uncertainty. You know, we've had Trevor Hemmings for so long, you know what you're going to get, you feel safe and Even though, you know, maybe we haven't been the most ambitious in the last five or six years since we came back to the Championship, you felt safe, you know, comparing it to the likes of what Bolton have been through, what Berry have, you know, unfortunately been through in their fan bases. But then again, likewise, you only have to look down the M55 to see what a new owner coming in can do with likes of what's going on at Blackpool as well. So, you know, it could go either way. You know, you've just got to hope that the Hemmings family, if they do choose to sell up, choose wisely. You know, they do a lot of research on who they're selling to because even though if the football club, you know, and funding the football club isn't in their long-term interest. You know, I'm sure having seen what Trevor's done with us for so long, they'll have a sort of, they'll they have some sort of responsibility to make sure it's passed into safe hands. So you just got to, you know, trust the people at the top to do what they have to do. And, you know, we'll thank the Trevor Emmons family, I'm sure, for what they've done for us for the, you know, the last 10-odd years. But, you know, like you say, change isn't always bad change. It could bring a new lease of life into the football club like Ryan has, and we'll have to see what
0: happens with it, really. I think we've probably reached our ceiling under the ownership, if we're honest. And and that's 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 been shown by the fact that we've consistently finished mid table in the championship over the last few seasons. I was
1: gonna say, it's... I think we hit our ceiling with the ownership about five years ago. Well,
0: yeah. And we've had new managers in, some that have been highly thought of and been able to kind of push on from good positions, which we've never we've never done. And I don't see that changing. If anything, I probably see that getting getting less of an option us going out and spending loads of money and pushing on. So it's probably the right time for for everybody involved to get to get a bit of a change because let's face it, it's gone a little bit stale, hasn't it? Um so yeah, we'll see. It's early days, isn't it? So we'll see.
2: A lot of people often said under Frankie McAvoy he was uh, the face of a deeper problem with other clubs being run. And I think the fact Ranlow's come in and you know has taken a lot of the, the shine off maybe the not shine maybe a lot of the tension off the club and onto him. It's probably benefited us in terms of maybe making putting the problems with ambition to the back of our mind. But I think with him coming in now, you've got a really positive young manager who's looking to do something. If any time things were to change, you'd want him back. It's probably this coming window or this coming, you know, eighteen months. So I think if it's ever to happen, now's probably the best time. And you know, I just really hope that it's the right person coming in that has the best interests of football club at heart.
1: Yeah, I think we'd be fools, wouldn't we, to. Anticipate the Hemmings family owning the club for forever, for the rest of our lifetimes at least. Like, it's obviously, it's never going to happen. the The ownership will change hands at some point. Um, but like you said, Sam, it well, like both of you have said, it it's a it's a bit of a scary thing in it when you've when you've been so used to what we've had for the last. You know, not even just Hemmings direct ownership. He was involved, obviously, when Baxy got involved. Um, he was on the board and and had investment and you know Hemmings has been a name that's been associated with the club for a long long time so to to potentially move away from that to something new it is is a little bit scary but you know hopefully if it does happen at whatever point whether it's in the next few months whether it's in the next few years whether it's in the next decade let's just hope that it's to the right person to someone that's going to come in and Understand the club and and not sort of just be stupid with it, really. Um, and let's hope that we don't end up like a Wigan, a Rovers, a, a Berry, a Bolton, a Blackpool. A lot of northwest clubs there, <laughs> um, you know. And there's obviously there's some further afield. Birmingham, it's quite well documented the the troubles they've got. Reading, um, so you know. Let's hope we don't end up like one of those clubs where. we're we're protesting week in week out against the ownership because it is that bad and it's not just that people are turning their knives against trevor or peter or whoever it may be and and almost at times felt like it was just for the sake of it um but yeah boys i think unless you've got anything else you want to say then we can wrap the pod up there no that's it, it
2: mate thanks for having us on
1: yeah, no, thank you very much. Uh, it's been another unbeaten week in charge for the Gaffer. He's been here two months now, and yeah, it's uh, it's going all right, isn't it? It's going well. So yeah, it's a free midweek for the for the club now before the game against Reading, and let's you know let's kick on and and let's look towards ending the season on on a high and on a on a good note. And as I always say, boys, thank you very much for your time. Much appreciated as always. Yeah, I'll hand you over to Reece. E. Players out with our single wise man and don't forget you can support us as well just head over to supporter.acast.com forward slash from the finney and yeah cheers boys enjoy the rest of your weekend
0: hi this is reese e and you've been listening to from the finney podcast and you can now hear our single wise man find us on spotify itunes instagram facebook twitter and the town end peace and love